Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well. Good. Checking my bank account to find <laughs> out if there's any money there or yeah. whether the government took it from me yet. There's a, sure is a lot of excitement going on in the financial markets. Yeah. And, uh, no kidding. You know, I saw, saw something in the, in the paper this morning that uh, said that Bill Griffin, who was the founder of uh, Citadel, he said, breaking down before our eyes capitalism is breaking down before our oh, eyes. No. He, he's a good guy he's critical of the bailouts and all uh -huh. but i got to thinking well when did when did capitalism break down and see i think back a little bit yeah. <laughs> the setup and the prediction of the breaking down was there and it looks like today they're patching it together and and it calmed down a little bit but uh, it's amazing how long the system works but uh, we haven't had true free markets in a long, long time, and they've never been perfect, but uh, it certainly has been challenged here in the last couple days. Yeah, it has, absolutely, and you know, um, <laughs> it's only been 24 hours when President Biden went on TV to assure everyone that this is fine, <laughs> this is fine, as the flames uh, were all around him, as the, as the meme goes. Um, after he assured everyone that everything is fine, the bank stocks, of course, dropped, and they had to yeah. halt trading. Let's put the first uh, article up, because... Um, I've got a lot of questions, America has a lot of questions, and you've got a lot of answers. So. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the Wall Street Journal's uh, view to sm this, uh, yesterday morning. Biden's bank bailout whoppers. The president offers assurances that markets don't believe, and that kind of captures exactly what we're talking about. He went on TV to assure everyone, and no one is assured. So w what is your take on what's going on? What happened yesterday? And what does it mean for the future? Well, I'll start off by re, uh, re referring to uh, Biden's announcement. Because I think there was a president in the uh, early 1930s said, everything is fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. There will be a chicken in every pot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think he went down uh, in infamy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that, of course, was uh, Hoover was optimistic. But that's their job. They have to pump up the people. And even when things look pretty good, it's always always pumping over and above you know reality and that's how they how some of these systems last so long and uh, because deception is a great tool because if people d believe and trust in a system it can go a long way but it shouldn't surprise a whole lot of people that we have these crises in spite of all the rules and regulations and unlimited credit and everybody's watching and all those congress people they're watching it to prevent this and there's been so many promises but but uh, to see a run on the bank, I sort of fascinated with it because they think they can stop it. And they may have temporarily stopped the run on the bank because they had to promise everything to everybody. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I've seen statements there that of reassurance coming from the FDIC. Nobody's going to lose any money. Nobody's going to lose any money. I think if they wouldn't have done that, things would have gotten much worse. But by doing what they're doing, it's, uh, it's sort of like the drug addict mm -hmm. you know, is coming up please please save my life and boy they give him a shot and and he's doing better but the drug addict ends up out in the street uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and i think of the people that are out in the street right now is uh, multiple causes for people uh, living on the street but uh it, it definitely has something to do with the uh, economy and uh so so the bubble the bubble economy comes from inflating the currency deceiving the people with low interest rates 
pumping up the statistics, and uh, and finally, the market speaks. Uh -huh. uh, when I became fascinated with the markets, it was in the 60s, uh, <clears throat> Uh, when they talked about the abuse of the Bretton Woods standard, because we we had the privilege of printing the reserve currency, and we said we'll keep the we'll keep the dollar at thirty five dollars an ounce. Well, a lot of people knew a long time before that we're printing so much money it's going to break down. No, we're going to always honor our dollar and until nineteen seventy one, which means that there was a contest going on there. Uh, common sense uh, by the people who are knowledgeable, they were saying this can't last. Uh, versus the people who want to maintain the organization and the international financial community. And <clears throat> so the, the, the market always wants to deflate. Governments always want to inflate to calm the markets. And they can do that until the people lose confidence in the currency. Mm -hmm. And uh, individual companies can do this, countries can do this. And, uh, uh, but, but the most threatening thing to world economy is when somebody has a big stake in the economy, like we do, and the dollar is sort of universal. And when that currency comes under attack, that is a big deal, and we saw the initiation of a, of a big deal, and we've had bits and pieces of that all along. So the warning's out there. But even, even today, things are a little bit settled. Uh, I don't think people are rushing to the banks right now mm -hmm. to get their currency. But I'll tell you what, I'll bet there's a few people worried about it when they see these big banks uh, with a lot of money. And, but the big question right now, Daniel, is uh, who's really insured? You know, it's supposed to be... Well, if you have $250,000, you're insured. But then there's question of the technicalities, how many names are on the bill. But the government today, I saw one announcement, everybody's going to get their money back. Yeah. So that's why I've always said, and you've heard me say it, that inflation will win out over deflation because the debt has to be liquidated and confidence in the money will be lost. And I think that's what we're witnessing, the beginning maybe of the final end of this. That's the strange thing because, you know, they didn't want, you can't say the word bailout. This is not a bailout. Biden was so adamant about saying, and let's go ahead and skip one and go to the next uh, clip, if you can, the one that instead the regulators offered to lose. There we go. So here, there, this is the Wall Street Journal again talking about what Biden is doing about the bank. And he said, uh, regulators offer solutions that bail out even uninsured bank depositors, <laughs> as you mentioned, and other banks at unknown costs that Biden isn't acknowledging. Take Mr. Biden's pledge that no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Now, that seems like a fraud. He said the money's going to come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. The Wall Street Journal calls his bluff on this and says that's not really the case. Uh, this insurance uh, only covers part of it. So what does this mean when it basically everyone gets their money? Don't worry about it. So if I had a couple <coughs> million dollars in this bank, I would feel a lot more relieved if I had than if I like my own account. I have about ten dollars in <laughs> yeah. the bank. You know, but but the lying continues. It's the fudging and trying to tell the people to calm down. They have to fib a little bit. They wouldn't call it lying, of course, and to calm the markets because there's a psychological factor because people do panic. Uh, you know, bank runs are, are panic, but they're legitimate and because you know originally nobody got anything, but now they have decided that if necessary 
necessary, we will send out the helicopters. We're going to send helicopters out. And that's exactly what they did with COVID. Just think of the trillions of dollars that they passed out under COVID. And that was by the conservatives. That's yeah. what they, they did. But then they have to continue to reassure the people. Like, uh, like today, the CPI came out and they said, oh, just as we expected, there is uh, there was six percent. The core inflation is not so bad, and uh, it was exactly what was predicted. And uh, the reaction has been, you know, not too bad because uh, it looks like interest rates uh, won't go up anymore now. See, that was the market winning over, uh-huh. so everybody knows. Well, they can't raise interest rates now, so the stock market skyrockets, and that's not real value at uh-huh. all. It's just manipulation. But the thing about this CPI that they use that to manipulate and set set how fast they should run the printing presses and now they're working real hard they they monkeyed around and they got the prices going up probably 10 or 12 percent and they're aiming to get two percent uh, price inflation so they're they're working on that but uh, but the the six percent today wow is terrible but it's not maybe as bad as it really is uh-huh. because if you look at food it's like 50 percent yeah so if, if they exclude two items when they pre- when they present the core rate, and that's all the only thing that counts. But the core rate, which should be the most important, they should re- they should uh, report only the things they exclude yeah. because it's food and energy. Food and energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. That is that is removed, and uh, oh, it's not so bad. But you can't keep fooling the housewife. Yeah. The person that does the shopping, yeah. you know, it, it's just is all fake. And uh, and that's what happens. There's there's fake. Then there's the panic. Then there's the question, will the lying and the innuendos and the promises of the printing presses running uh, will it work? And it'll work to a degree because uh, uh, they, they can't see it. They've just gotten a shot of heroin. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and the economy is is uh, slightly improved today. Uh, but the fundamentals are gone. And this is this is why I, I sort of poke a little fun at that is uh, the, the statement that capitalism is breaking down before our eyes. Well, bro- I think it broke down in 1913. <laughs> that's when the that's when the real predictions occur- occurred. And then, of course, 1971 was the first uh, blatant announcement that we were bankrupt because we didn't honor our commitment. Yeah. We, we defaulted. And that's when they closed the gold window. And they did that for 40 years. And uh, and they're still struggling but they don't uh, people there are some who are talking about it there's some central banks have actually gotten frightened enough that they're actually buying gold yeah. but uh, it's 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 going the, the problem is that it, it can be resolved we'll go through the ringer the market could help us but uh, there's will be a liquidation of debt uh, you can't you can't uh, be totally in debt and then go to real wealth and ask you ask him for more money. It doesn't the market doesn't work that way. Yeah. So they're uh, they're totally uh, 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 have to expect the liquidation of debt will continue. And my prediction has always been it will be through inflation, the destruction of the value of the money, because they're always going to do exactly what they did today and yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple of other things. If we can put up that next clip I was wondering about. Now, this is about the, um, the exception that we talk about. And it just strikes uh, some people as unfair. Actually, do the next one if you can. Uh, no, go back one. and Go back two, actually. Sorry, there we go. 
There we go. Now, so this is uh, the Wall Street Journal, and it's interesting how they frame this because it has a political dimension. I think that is certainly the undertone or theme of the editorial in the Wall Street Journal. It said, yet after venture capitalists, and they have in parentheses, Democratic donors, (laughs) and Silicon Valley politicians howled, the FDIC announced Sunday it would cover the uninsured deposits under its systemic risk exception. Apparently, Silicon Valley investors and startups are too big to lose money when they take risks. They benefited enormously from the, from the Fed's pandemic liquidity hose, which caused Silicon Valley banks' deposits to double between 20 and 21. I think you would talk about uh, that doubling being artificial, and it paid a high interest of 5.28 on large deposits. So the market was distorted by this huge amount of money going in under the auspices of the pandemic. It enriched all of these Silicon Valley um, uh, investors, the bubble, the tech bubble. I think you wrote about it last week in your column, the tech bubble, which went into this bank. And now all of this, when it's collapsing, they're still going to get their money out of it. That's right. And, And really... The political thing that goes on is who who are the victims and who are the beneficiaries? Who were the beneficiaries, you know, for the 30 or 40 or 50 years where people were tolerating this? And it was usually the wealthy people doing it. And it looks like they are able to skirt, you know, the, the real damage. Because even if you don't have money in the bank... Uh, they can get to the middle class and the poor because of what I mentioned earlier on. The prices of food and energy may go up 20 and 30 percent and they have trouble living and housing is a is a very expensive item and uh, that that makes a a big difference. So the middle class usually suffers on this. I do want to mention two other things that are just general principles that would be uh, needed to be addressed someday when we have monetary reform and and the founders understood it and that was if you have if you have a money a currency that you want to use you have to be able to define it and that is the called the unit of account and uh, there was a precise weight of, of uh, silver that was designed by the founders uh, what would make up a dollar but we we lost that and then the final loss of it was uh, when uh, they stole took the gold away from the people and that's creeping back in because a lot more people are recognizing that but the other thing is is more invisible and people can't see it most people understand the printing of money you're passing out this money but even that is a little confusion confusing because they they don't print the money anymore they just they just have a little computer there and they create digits and uh and that is an easy job to inflate and that's why they think they can solve uh, all the problem but the the one thing that they don't talk about is fractional reserve banking. You know, if you have a hundred dollars and I'm your banker, and I put in a hundred, and you put it in, and and, uh, it, and you and we have an agreement. Okay, you you can buy, you know, loan it out, and we will share the benefits. Uh-huh. And, and, but I don't. Nobody creates money, but the banks take it. They hold the hold the money. And one general rule they generally have is, uh, and that depends on the circumstances. If they get the hundred dollars, they loan out seven hundred dollars. It's just sevenfold <laughs> increase. It's all insured. And, and they, and they say, oh, well, that helped the economy. You could buy more cars and more houses. Prices will go up a little bit. So it's very enticing. I think the analogy of, of the drug addiction is just perfect because yeah. it, it sounds it sounds like wonderful. You're always feeling better with these drugs until you die. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
I think if you and I did that, we'd go to jail. <laughs> yeah. I have one other little thing, if you don't mind, and this is uh, an old colleague of yours who I think you had a lot of respect for, and that was Barney Frank. <laughs> now, he went on to get on the, uh, and you disagreed on some things, but you agreed on some other ones as well, and he actually helped you get your subcommittee uh, when the Republicans right. wouldn't help you. But he, he's on the board of Signature Bank, and they also failed over the weekend. And it's interesting because the Wall Street Journal points out that the Biden White House is playing politics with this. Surprise, surprise. Um, but it's interesting, the debate about a signature bank, because apparently there was under the Trump administration, there was a slight change in the Dodd-Frank uh, banking rules that made it a little easier for smaller banks to compete. It got rid of a lot of the paperwork so they could compete with bigger banks. And now Barney Frank said that didn't do that had nothing to do with the signature bank collapse. Um, but the Biden White House is saying, well, it was all Trump's fault because he got rid of all the regulations in the banking. So I don't know if you if you notice that. But. Yes. And I, I would have trouble with Barney on, you know, deregulating. Yeah, he, yeah. he liked regulations. And the principle in Washington is the Fed does this thing and they're the smart people that manage the money supply. But they also uh, realize that it has to be uh, uh, regulated and modified. So they're big regulators. At the beginning, all they had to do was uh, define the currency and keep it from inflating and destroying the value. But now they're the architects of all the regulations. Nobody's complaining about to the Congress, not, not much anyway. They're complaining about the feds didn't, didn't regulate enough and, and how are they going to regulate it and get us out of this mess. It's all because they refuse to accept the honesty of money because it limits, uh, you know, one of, those, one of those common things that they have and it's called fraud. Yeah. <laughs> There's a limitation on fraud and counterfeiting. This is legalized counterfeiting is how it works. You know, counterfeiters, until they get caught, some of them never get caught but until they get caught they do right pretty well <laughs> yeah. if people don't identify it they they can go out and buy a lot of stuff and and uh but th this is what happens you know th this is why it's sort of an irony that those wealthy people in the bank yeah. in silicon valley they they all of a sudden they're under the gun but they it looks like they're going to save their their skin yeah <laughs> on anyone else's back well, I had a couple, just a couple quick clips. This is from a Newsweek article. And just to demonstrate what happened after Biden reassured us, if we can go to that next clip. These are all the banks and what their stocks did after Biden was supposed to make us feel better. I'm not going to read them all, of course, but uh, it goes from the Western Alliance Bank Corporation. They were down 47 percent. PacWest Bank down 21. First Republic Bank Common Stock down 62 percent. So here's a whole page. And do the next one. There's another whole page of the small banks that really uh, fell apart. If you can do that next page, fell apart after, uh, though you can go back on that one. Uh, th there we go, after the president reassured them. We're gonna move on now to a couple of other relatively minor things compared to bank collapses. <laughs> but I do wanna say first, this is a good time uh, to thank our sponsor for patriots.com, the number four patriots.com. I mean, the things that we cover in the show should sell these uh, survival foods without us having to say anything because we see what's happening to these local banks. We see what's happening to people's money. <coughs> As Dr. Paul says, the Fed's not going to be able to bail everyone out <laughs> forever. So what you need to do is take care of yourself and your family. And a great way to do that is to take care of your food needs. Breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are available at 4 You can get a full one-year survival kit or as small as a 72-hour survival food kit. 
I think that would be good if there's a storm and you can't get out. And if you look at these pictures, you can see that this is delicious food, breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Enter Ron for 10% discount on your first order. Free shipping on all orders, $97 and above. They come in very sturdy uh, containers to store for decades. So get yourself some food at 4patriots.com. Hit Ron for a 10% discount. And thanks. Very good. Yeah. Shall we go on? Let's move on, yeah, to anti-war rally, another one. Yeah, and we could talk longer on the banking thing. Yeah. And you know what? I predict it'll be something to say about tomorrow, maybe, yeah, the I way bet. the things are going. So um, another protest. Uh, yeah. We didn't go to this one, but we cheered them on. We yeah. hope a lot of people show up because uh, their platform is not exactly as I would write it, but it's darn close. Yeah. I mean, for instance, this coalition is coming together. This is meant to be a coalition of, of uh, you know, uh, the progressives and libertarian types and independents. Uh, just look at the first couple things uh, on their agenda. Peace in Ukraine, abolish NATO, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Fund people's needs, not the war machine. No no war with China, yeah. that's a good idea too. And uh, so it, there's several other there, but just the fact that uh, I, I think it should be seen in context of what we participated in here a few weeks ago, that uh, the, the rally that we went to up in, uh, in Washington, yeah. and now there's another one. So I think numbers are important, and uh, there'll be people, you know, even at our conference that we attended, uh, the one thing we avoided was trying to get, you know, a litmus test. Yeah. Okay, what, what are you going to do about taxes, and uh, I, maybe I should have said, what are you going to do? with the Fed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, it wasn't that interesting when I talked, yeah. you know, heroes anti war rally, but it was uh, it was appropriate because uh, we got the chant and the Fed. That's right. And th that that is true. So but I think I think it's uh it's good that they're doing it. I hope the crowd is loud and I hope somebody's planning the next one. Yes. <laughs> yeah and we can even put that up. This is from our friends at antiwar.com. They're announcing this rally. It's on the eighteenth uh, in front of the White House uh, and it, as you say, Dr. Paul, it's the Left Coalition, it's the Answer Coalition, Black Alliance for Peace, Code Pink, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, I think our rally was a little bit more broad-based because it explicitly brought together libertarians, liberals, and conservatives. But nevertheless, as you say, we wish them well. The more the merrier, the more the better. And I have to say, if you go to the next one, their demands, and you read a couple of them, they're not as bad as I feared they might be because a lot of times when some of these left coalitions get together, they'll put everything but the kitchen sink in there. This one is pretty concise. You're right, peace in Ukraine, abolish NATO, that sounds good, end U.S. militarism and sanctions, that's good. Um, no war with China, now people have said that's really great that they mentioned that because a lot of the people on the right are with us on Ukraine, but they're with us because they'd rather go to war with <laughs> yeah. China. Uh, um, uh, the end U.S. aid to racist apartheid Israel, I don't think we would put it that way because it doesn't matter what the nature of the country is, it's the U.S. aid that's the problem. We talked about that before, uh, and that gets you out of, out of problems. And there are a couple of other ones. And AFRICOM, that's great. Uh, end the siege on Syria, free political prisoners. So overall, it's a good message. It's a positive message. Uh, the one thing you can say about the Answer Coalition is that they're very good at organizing. They, they know how to get buses together. They know how to bring people together. So I hope it's great. I hope uh, our guys have another rally or something of nature. And I just got an, an email from, from Nick 
uh, uh, who was one of the organizers with some of the things they have planned in the future. So it's a very, very positive thing. So I think um, something to be optimistic about. Well, the final thing we wanted to do is, is if you're done with this topic, yeah. is kind of an update on a, on a story that we covered a couple of weeks ago. And if you can put that next clip up. This is the um, Homeland Security Department. And we talked about how they've started spying on Americans. I know it was shocking, Dr. Paul, because you never expected that when they wanted to vote <laughs> oh, on <no>. it. <laughs> but now the GOP, the Republicans in charge of the House, are looking into it. And I think that's a positive thing, Dr. Paul, because it does seem like they are getting out of hand. You know, some, we're not too surprised about yeah. this because there were a few warnings uh, that we gave. But uh, I'll tell you, there's another individual that's probably not surprised. He's probably disappointed, and he has suffered for holding his position. And that's Ed Snowden. Yeah. Because that's exactly what he did. He worked on, uh, you know, uh, what what was a, a an authority given? Oh, you can spy on people overseas, but not in America. You wouldn't want to do that. Then it got a mixture. Well, what if it's an American uh, who's overseas, but his cousins in the, the states? It's just the principle of surveillance. Yeah. Without a justification, that's why we have a Fourth Amendment that you have to you have to know why you're doing it. But then, uh, then we found out that uh, getting a search warrant is not all that difficult. All that's a political game in this yeah. country. So that's why my conclusion has been, unfortunately, that the that the justice system in this country is not in very good shape. It's in shambles, and uh, unfortunately, it is seen. And and we've been forced into thinking about this. It's almost like uh, you hear you hear somebody oh somebody has to go and he's in a trial and uh, well who appointed him you see a number probably an appointee or Democrat yeah. appointee it, it has its partisanship at its worst and uh, define it sort of like journalists so, you know where where is the independence of journalism we uh, we know the six great ones that are on they're not that many but that's that's the way judicial systems should be they, they shouldn't be identified you know yeah. like that uh, so but anyway, I, I, I'm not shocked. I'm disappointed that it goes on. But the only thing we can do is expose it. And uh, we just wish the judicial system would eliminate this kind of stuff uh, in, in the courts. But you can't even depend on the courts. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is so predictable. It was predictable back when we were having these battles. And you were about the only one who said, we don't need this. It's not going to be good. They're going to be spying on Americans. Oh, Ron, we're not going to do that. We're just going to spy on the bad guys. Well, <laughs> here we go. This is what's happening. And the Republicans, unfortunately, uh, they bought into it after 9-11. And they're still buying into it. You know, they're, they, well, they're looking to reform. Oh, you guys, you went a little bit too far. And that's kind of typical of how they work. But they did. There are three Republicans on the Homeland Security Committee who sent a letter to Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, questioning what they're doing, questioning the, um, the domestic spying. And here's, here's a typical of what the GOP would say. There appears to be a pattern of mission creep and overreach by the department emerging at the expense of Americans more than foreign actors who threaten the homeland. Well, guess what? You gave them the authority to do this. They're going to abuse it. That's what government does. <laughs> and so you shouldn't be surprised when they do this. But let's hope at least now that there's some attention, 
that something can be done about it. And the way you stated that, it's the power and the authority that you grant they should never have granted to them. And then they go and then they abuse it, which is uh, human nature. And then uh, uh, you can make these predictions. But, but Daniel, we also have to point, because we, we like coalitions, uh, we even gather information here. Yeah. And uh, I think they've been uh, strongly stereotyped as fitting into one mold, but we keep reading them. Yeah. And, and they come up with items that doesn't mean we agree with yeah. all that they do but uh, when you're in agreement with them why fight with them yeah yeah <laughs> Especially no, so I'm glad that Politico put, uh, did this article yeah they definitely have a bias but I find myself looking there in the mornings to see what we're gonna do what they what they're doing it's, it's certainly easier than other places we used to go <laughs> well I'm gonna I'm gonna close out dr. Paul if you're ready I'm just gonna thank our viewers for watching the show. We've had a pretty good streak of, <laughs> of, of, of numbers lately, and so that's all because of you. So if you do come here, if you're new here and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe, please hit like. That doesn't cost you anything and it helps boost our numbers and boost the show up, and we appreciate it very much. Dr. Paul? And you might remind them, if you would, uh, that live streaming is available, or do they all know that? Is Hopefully that they do, yeah. Watch <laughs> us live. You can comment. <laughs> no. Some of them have fun doing that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, too, want to close by thanking our viewers. It's been very helpful to have uh, strong support from people, and Daniel alluded to the fact that our numbers are going up, and that we're very happy with, because we want to reach people. Uh, the whole thing is is getting a message out. I think that is the only tool that's available and it's being challenged because they're going to spy on us, cancel us, punish us. But it's still, when you think back, that uh, the main way they passed information around was at the time of the founding of this country was pamphleteering. And, uh, you know, the bad guys could come and burn your pamphlets. But I still think, in spite of all the shortcomings we have, guess what? We even use the Internet. You notice that? We use the Internet. So it's a wonderful tool. Uh, it's just that uh, we need some basic rules about property rights and who should be regulating. And um, fortunately, we have a pretty good document called the Constitution. And when I refer to that and trying to work out an answer, uh, I think we can come up with something. But one, the one item that helps me the most is volunteerism and property ownership and contract. That is what is important to do. Have contracts, understanding, and all associations, whether they're economic, social, sexual, religious, or whatever, if it comes together in a voluntary manner, guess what? There would be a lot less fighting going on in the world. And that's one goal that we have. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.